risk taker, businessman, sports and entertainment promoter, and passionate about making Florida the best place to live, shop, work, and play. It's time for the Joe Mullins Radio Show. Hello, Florida. This is Joe Mullins of the Live, Workshop Play Show. And good morning and good afternoon in some of our areas of listeners. And then for our podcasters all over the world, welcome to the greatest state and the greatest country in the world, Florida. This weekend, we're going to be talking and we've got a great guest with us. We're going to be talking about addiction. Addiction is something that is near and dear to everyone in every county. 12 years ago, I remember looking up at someone and struggling through a personal addiction I had. And I remember the words of the guy. He said, you need to get help. And I remember looking at him going, but if I admit that I've got this problem, if I turn around and get help from a long, long use of alcohol and cocaine, I will lose everything. Being a sports and entertainment agent, it kind of goes hand in hand. You're drinking, you're partying, you're entertaining clients. One thing leads to another, then other things than alcohol are put out on the table. And then next thing you know, you're off to the races. You think you've got complete immunity. You think you cannot be uh, one of those people and you'll never deal with addiction. I remember the guy looking at me who is an attorney general. He, he was uh, the uh, prosecutor, federal prosecutor of Georgia's South District, Bobby Christine. I remember him looking over at me and saying, Joe, many people are dealing with this problem, either themselves or inside their family. Twelve years ago, it was unheard of to admit that you had a problem. It was for sure in most people's mind, you would lose everything. And people said, this doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to this level of, of uh, wealth, this level of status. Well, today's guest is going to talk about one of the most incredible stories. We're going to talk about how drugs has no boundaries, addiction has no boundaries, and it can even go after some of the greatest and most popular names in the world. Pastor Solano, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Good to be here. Now, you're, you're, you're a uh, pastor, but you weren't always a pastor. We know you're, you know, we've talked, I had you on a few times and you've talked about your story. You've dealt with addiction firsthand. How long have you been recovered from addiction? 31 years. Wow. 31, 31 years. 31 years. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine 31 years ago, if you didn't make that choice, where you'd be today? Where do you think you'd likely be today? There's three places they say. They say jail, they say treatment, or death. Which one do you think you would have probably be at in 31 years later? I'd probably still be in jail or dead. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the gist of it. You know, I had no clue. I remember sitting there one, one day crying in my eyes, crying my eyes out, going, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years every day, cocaine and alcohol. I got two degrees. I got a master's. My life wasn't supposed to go like this. I come from a very prominent family. And I remember sitting there in tears going, I'm going to die by this stuff. I got no hope. And little did I know there is a solution. There is hope. You, I went to doctors. I went to all kind of famous people. I went to, did all this uh, voodoo stuff. I did all this crazy uh, subliminal stuff. I tried to get hypnotized and still struggled and battled with it. Tell me what you do after 30 over 30 years of recovery tell me what you're doing to be able to help people recover from this nasty epidemic well i mean for me joe i i, I kind of um just pass on what the way it happened for me i mean i i felt uh, those fears just like you just described here uh and uh, everybody does you're you're you know you're doing this in the dark you're you're living on the edges of society 
and you're hiding the big secret, uh, and you know you, you're afraid to share it. So it becomes a, 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 a an emotional prison cell. And um, you know, I finally uh, I've always had a call of God on my life, but I was making too much money, and I was, uh, you know, at first it's, it was like fun, and I'm going to make the decision to stop. But then, you know, you're um, just like a, a sports agent. I'm with uh, uh, you know hanging around with celebrities that are using. And, um, and, you know, I'm hanging around with big drug dealers and smugglers. And so that's all that I did every day, every day, every day. It just went on for years. And I was rushed to the hospital at least seven or eight times uh, because of of, of too much cocaine. I thought I was going to die every time, you know. And, um, and and so, you know, one day I just, um, it, it, it was, it was kind of hard. I I was putting in, uh, it's a long story, but uh, I won't go into it, but I was put in a, in a circumstance like, uh, you know, choose one or the other thing. I mean, I had to change my life or just get deeper into uh, my lifestyle. And um, I chose the other. I finally surrendered to Christ because I had a call of God on my life. And I, I just uh, was ignoring it. I would always say later or something. He just wouldn't leave me alone. And finally I did. And then, um, and then I, of course, uh, because of my lifestyle, Things caught up to me, and um, I had to do some prison time. I got alone with God there. Started about started thinking about what I would do uh, when I got out of prison finally, and this this uh, was one of the dreams that I had. And so, um, you know, it took it took me uh, almost twenty years to launch it, but uh, at the same time, I, I always thought about it because that's what you see in there in prison jail. There's eighty five percent of the crimes that are committed that land you in prison are um are committed under the influence of some kind of uh, substance uh and so um I, I would hang around with people in there we got together what got us into this mess and so um you know we would have long and hard discussions and people had the same issues i found that i wasn't the only one i mean you could see somebody using but what they're feeling and what they're going through in some turmoil, that fear, that doubt that you're ever going to get out of this, uh, you know, is shared by everybody. So that's what we try to do here uh, is uh, touch on that, get them, uh, uh, you know, to let them know that, hey, you're you're not the only one going through this. There's a lot of people going through this, but let me tell you what I think you're going through. And as you, as you make that connection, um, describing what it is that they're going through, they begin to trust you. And, um, and so we've had really good success down here getting people out of the bushes, as it were. You know, you talk about the um, the myths or the stigmatism to addiction, and one of them is the, the addiction loves the darkness. It loves to shame you. It loves to embarrass you. Uh, it's Absolutely. a method of, done it now. You're embarrassed to tell anyone. You're embarrassed to ask for help. You're scared, livid to ask for help. So you end up doing oh, a little more drugs to calm it down and calm that stress down. Because I remember, I never really cared about doing drugs until someone looked at me and said it numbs the pain and I remember at that point in my life I looked up and I did another line of cocaine and I went oh my god it does it numbs all the pain so you think it created so much devastation and pain in my life it's a misconception and and you know I had the person you know you're talking about a, a major recovery slap I'm sitting there one day on a three-week binge. I had been up all night for three weeks doing cocaine, hadn't slept, maybe slept, dozed off for 20 minutes, woke back up, taking Ambien, Vicodin, Klonopin, 
um, drinking a, a gallon of vodka a day, doing an eight ball a day. I mean, I was well on. I was speedballing to the levels that were ungodly. And I remember the doctor telling me, he goes, I said, I'm lucky to be alive, aren't I? And he goes, you're not lucky. You, you need to sit on your knees right now and thank God for saving your life. He spared your life. There's not one answer to it. There's many different systems or ways. You just got to find what works. Now, you've got a great program that works. Tell people a little bit about your program. And then we want to talk about a special event coming up. You've got a guest coming in. This guy was one of the most famous athletes in the world during his time. And he just oh, yeah. lost everything to addiction. But let's talk about a little bit about your program. Then let's talk about this event. And then let's let the guests know who this athlete is and how they can come and meet him and hear him speak. Sure. Yeah. So our program, Open Door Recovery, uh, you know, we're in our 11th year now. And uh, basically it's uh, Bible and big book. We do work the steps. I mean, I believe in the, in the first step. I believe in one step. Right. I mean, I, I hope it all, it all happens there. But um, but as somebody said once um, that uh, addiction is a horrible mess. But when you come out of it, you really feel even worse for the, for a little while because now you're confronted with everything that you've been burying, uh, you know, uh, deep inside of you. So, um, so you know, basically, it's a, a four-phase program. We try to encourage the people to get detox before they come in, so they're not as squirrely, but they have a lot of questions and they have a lot of uh, doubts and and they have a lot of fears. And uh, I find that uh, giving them, letting them know that there's a support system there uh, and, you know, just hang, just adopting them into a family, as it were. Uh, I believe that the opposite of a, addiction is not just sobriety, it's community. Uh, you, you have to bring them in. If, you, if you're going to get them out of the bushes, you, you have to bring them into your family. And so they, uh, they re respond really well to that. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, we really uh, uh, invest in them in the first 30 days just to get to know each other and find out some, you know, some issues in their life that they're willing to talk about. Uh, but by the second phase, um, they're working and then, and then going to meetings and being with them all the time uh, on, the, on that kind of uh, level, um, sharing all those moments, they open up and things begin to change by the second or third month. To where they um, that it's 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 a place either where you hit a wall or you and uh, and make a decision to go over that wall or you may have to come back at another time where you're more emotionally stable to to do it. We uh, we find that we uh, once we get them over that wall, it's it's um, I wouldn't call it coasting, but you're really starting to cruise a little bit into the fifth, sixth, and seventh month. And uh, and then we, you know, we give them some passes. We want them to be with their family. We want to see how they're doing out there uh, in the world because they're coming out with that stigma, remember. And um, it, it's important for them to socialize. And so uh, we support them that way. And we also have, uh, uh, if they choose, a two-year transition program to stay connected with the program uh, because that's very good uh, to stay connected. And, and so, the, and so uh, it, you know, it, that could total up to about three years. And that's where your success rate starts. That's where you should be counting your success rate between the three and five year period. And we're at about 67 percent over the years uh, because people stay connected. We help them, uh, you know, uh, with very low rent. Uh, and um, that way they can save their money and um, get out, you know, get ready to jump back in. I mean, you know how rent is down here right now, Joe. So. 
Uh, you got to you lost a lot during addiction. Now you got to get now you got to work to get it back. You absolutely do. And, and, and I want the listeners to understand that, number one, everybody is dealing with addiction. You're either dealing with it personally or someone in your family is. The myth of I'm the only one that's experiencing these things. I remember walking into a recovery center and looking up and going, oh, my God, there's about 100 Joes here. And uh, I don't know that the world can handle one, but there were a hundred of them in that room and they were running around acting like me talking. And I I thought they were doctors. I went to a well-established place where doctors and pilots go to. And it was one of the most incredible transitions to see that level of people, because I realized these weren't, I always measured that I was not that bad because I wasn't doing a certain drug. I wasn't doing crack or I wasn't doing, uh, you know, doing it on a 12 o'clock in the day, but I'd start at one o'clock in the day. So I went, I had these weird uh, stigmas <laughs> yeah. to it, but at the end of the day, I remember exposing it, speaking about it and rendering And I met a lot of people along the way. I've seen some people like me that have got it right on the first time and they've become sober and they've never relapsed. They're one chip uh, uh, carriers. And I carry a beautiful white chip that I got in August 16th, 2011. And then I've met some guys who have been two, three and four times getting white chips. And a white chip is where you surrender and you enter the program in AA. And um, I I remember seeing them do that. But, you know, my comment is to the loved ones and the people around, be a support system. Be there to strengthen them. Don't give up on them. They can get this. They can make it. And do not look in that mirror and go, where did I go wrong? You have nothing to do with it. It has got 99% of the time some trauma that they've experienced that they're processing in a wrong way where they need to go get professional help and speak. And I, I didn't believe I was one of those macho men that never talked to therapists and never believed in anything like that. I loved it. It was the most incredible, relieving part of my life when I found out what was driving mine. You also, I've said this before, and you're proven of it, and I want to talk a little bit about this, the rehabilitation of an addict. Addicts are some of the hardest workers you'll ever encounter in life. If you think about it, they don't give up and they always find a solution to a problem. When they can't find their drug, they get very creative and find it. And when you take those strengths and you apply them to work, think about how great you can become when you don't give up on, on uh, outcomes and you know, okay, I'm going to apply myself to there is a solution to this problem in work. The great characteristics of an addict, if they're funneled right, become some of the greatest workers. And you've proven that by Big John's Appliance. You have these guys working and getting out there doing some wonderful things. Tell us a little bit about that program. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you said a mouthful there, Joe, and they're brilliant. I, I, I find that they're some of the smartest people in the world. They're very creative, as you said, because they you know, they, they know that there's a solution out there. They get very, very creative. Uh, and once they apply that, and uh, you know, uh, at, come out of the darkness and into the light, uh, it's amazing. Uh, the things that they can do. Most of my guys are because they have uh, felonies. Uh, we put, we put them. We 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 uh, you know once they get a, a job for might last a little while, but we put them in business. We we push them towards like you know the pressure washing business. Um, they uh, some of them uh, you know have a food truck, uh, things like that, and and they're entrepreneurial now. Uh, and so uh, that's the that's the way that they can really make it. But you said something before about 
having people around you. How do you stay sober? It's the truth and accountability, Joe. That's the only way you're going to do it. So you hold yourself accountable. You let people hold you accountable and you're honest with them. And you're going to make this, make it through to where it's really not a threat anymore. It's a possibility out there, but you grow in confidence. And part of that is being successful in society as well. So uh, we train people at Big John's Appliances and some of them will, I have a guy there now, I just got out of um, uh, the state prison system. He's got, he's 44 years old, spent 21 and a half years, in and out, in and out, two and three year bids the whole time. And uh, he's just ready right now. And uh, he, he can fix any kind of small engine thing. He can figure it out. He applies himself, it, it, it's amazing to watch him work. And uh, you know, he, so from there, he's going to, you know, uh, start a little business here. He's going to be with us a while, get on his feet. But those are the kinds of talents that they have. Some of them uh, work with dogs inside the, the, the prison system. And, um, they, you know, they go on to be dog trainers. So, uh, it, 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 you know, that's all beautiful stuff. To me, the, the best stuff, is, Joe, is when you touched on family, you see fathers reunited with children. You see children who are proud of their fathers and mothers, uh, you, you, you know, and the family is gelled back together uh, because they're, you know, the trauma that you that you went through, it's similar to, to the trauma. Your, your dad, might, this person's dad might be living, but they're praying for him to not die. It's, it's, so they're living on that edge that, with that fear at all times. And so uh, what really, you know, uh, is one of my drivers to continue doing this is the restoration of families. There's a wholeness to it. So it's just one. Now let's talk about how you raise money and you bring money into this program. You've got an event coming up. It's an annual gala. You help raise money Uh to be able to put these programs on for kids. You also have big John's appliance where you generate money and help them learn a trade also work and generate money from the program because the program's not free. It's not, it's not cheap. Um, but you provide it for people and, and they are either at no charge or some kind of worked out rate. So you, you do some wonderful, beautiful things and don't let money become an obstacle. Tell us a little bit about this gala and who is special surprise guests that you have coming in. That's everyone is talking about. Well, we have Daryl Strawberry coming on September the 24th at the Hammock Beach Resort between 5.30 and 7.30. You can go to our website and uh, buy a ticket there if you like, and that's opendoorrecovery.org, opendoorrecovery.org. And um, it's, it's exciting to have the, you know, when, when Daryl Strawberry, um, he's just a few years uh, younger than I am, um, I was rooting him on. I, I, I was a Mets fan and a Yankees fan, and he played for both those teams. And as he was going, you know how well publicized his issues were uh, back in those days. He was always in the newspaper for these things, but I was using at the same time, and I'm ro- I'm rooting for him to beat the case. Uh, do not be suspended <laughs> because I want to see the guy win. He's such a good, he's a ma- you know magnetic. He's very charismatic. Um, and you know, so I was in one realm, he was in another, but we're both caught in the same thing. We didn't know each other or anything, but I, uh, I, uh, somebody said, why don't you try to get him to come to your, uh, I didn't think I could ever do that. I, I, I just, I, I emailed, I emailed his uh, ministry and I got a response and, uh, he's happy to do it. He's, he's, um, you know, when, when Daryl Strawberry retired after making all the millions, he was $3 million in debt. 
he had to rebuild his life. So he had to come to Jesus moment, uh, literally. And uh, now he's, uh, you know, he's uh, on his third marriage, but uh, that's what drugs do. You know, they create divorces and he's got a great marriage. He's got a great ministry. He's in the rehabilitation uh, industry and he's, uh, he knows a lot about uh, addiction uh, and, and how to get people out of it. So he's got a great heart and he's very open about, you know, uh, what he, what he's gone through, which is, I, I mean, when he's coming this year, um, he's coming here in September and what we're doing is because we have been blessed by uh, some big givers. We're, we're not, um, um, you know, this, this is a strange year. We have a lot of people that won't be here until October and I had to have this date, but they sent their checks. And what we've decided to do uh, is to um, fill those tables with, uh, with uh, people that are in recovery now. They're in residential recovery. I've tapped into uh, a ministry down in Miami. I have people coming up from Miami to hear Dallas Strawberry. It'll be something that they won't for ever forget the rest of their lives. Um, and it's no cost to them. We're investing in uh, the recovery community residents. So we're probably going to have about 50 people from various uh, counties and areas of the state um, to fill these. Uh, and I'm going to have them all stand up. And, uh, you know, um, and, I, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to give their, aim, their names or anything. I'm just going to say anybody in recovery here, please stand up so that we can applaud uh, what it is that you're going through. We just want to encourage them. It'll be a great night for them. And I think it'll be a very uplifting uh, for them to also hear Daryl and probably very, be very uplifting to Daryl himself. I don't think he's had an audience like this. You know, it's exciting to hear that and being in recovery myself, hearing the stories of others. I remember thinking it was a money problem. I remember thinking that drugs and addiction was a lifestyle problem. It was where you came from. At one time, it became the thing to do to look cool. And you didn't, you know, again, they played the movies, the Miami Vices, where all the power and the drugs were there, but they never played the tape forward and showed all the devastation, the death, the heartache that it yeah. caused to families. Yeah. And that's important. And when you hear these guys talk, you hear a guy as great as Daryl Strawberry, world baseball Hall of Fame champion, guy that has done more in his life in the field of baseball and his sport than most have. And yet the guy almost collapsed completely to drug addiction and it destroyed and ruined his life and impacted his career greatly. But yet the guy's come back. He's doing incredible things. And I guarantee you, if you ask him if he's happier today with his status versus the status of being on top of the world, doing drugs and making money, I guarantee you, he will look oh, at you yeah. and say, I love life like it is today. It's worth hearing. Oh, it's yeah. worth being. You can come out and hear it on what's the date again and the time and how can people get tickets to come hear this amazing story and see this program? September 24th, uh, 530 to 730 at the Hammock Beach Resort, a great facility, the ocean ballroom there, great food as well. Uh, and you can go to opendoorrecovery.org and purchase a ticket and make yourself uh, make yourself a, a meal choice as well. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to. We think everybody should be there. Just this is going to be a great evening. Uh, I wish we had uh, more tables that uh, you know available to us that we could fit in the room. But um, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a packed house for sure. I'm looking forward to it.
I encourage everyone and all the listeners to come, no matter if it's Orlando, Jacksonville. It's like just a quick little ride into uh, the Hammock Resort, Flagler County, and where you'll hear an amazing story by a guy who you don't hear and see just every day. Uh, his autograph alone is worth coming for, but to walk away and hear his story and be impacted, it could change your life. It could change someone else's life. It's a loved one of yours. And I highly recommend you will learn how to address and deal with addiction. If you're dealing with it, which most of the world is, these kind of programs help you learn to be able to address and handle addiction and be able to beat it. Something that a few of us have been able to do in an amazing work. And Charlie, you've got a great gift of recovery. I do. I know so many people else that do. It's just a gift that we want to share with everybody. And I thank you for sharing it today. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. Listeners, remember, live, workshop, play Florida, and get over to Flagler County, the Hammock Resort, opendoorrecovery.com, and get tickets to see the greatest, one of the greatest baseball players in the world, Daryl Strawberry, who fought addiction, won, and is now a living proof of testimony that you can win against this nasty battle. Have a great weekend.